from India's largest newsroom I'm Arun George and this is the Times of India podcast Narendra Modi sarkar ne nirnay kara hai ki Bharat Myanmar seema ko hum baad se surakshit karenge aur puri seema par बांग्लादेश की तर्ज पर बाढ़ लगाने का काम करेंगे The Home Minister's announcement that the border between India and Myanmar will be fenced to end the visa-free movement of people between the two nations has met with support and opposition in different states in India's northeast. Rajiv Bhattacharya is a journalist and author. He explains that while it may have been compared with Bangladesh's border, the border between India and Myanmar isn't one that exists to separate people. It is a border that unites people unlike the borders in other parts of the country. Myanmar was separated from India during the colonial regime in 1937. And after independence in Myanmar achieved independence in 1948 India in 1947. After that in 1967 there was an agreement between the two countries but even then the movement had been taking place in this part of the country in this part of the region the border goes stretches to 1643 kilometers starting from arunachal and it ends in mizoram now in 1918 it was finally operationalized officially but it the system goes back centuries there are ethnic ties social ties economic ties and even political ties also Rajiv says that in the Mon district of Nagaland there's actually a village where a regional king has a house in both countries. He also explains how the free movement regime has fostered ties in the region that are much deeper than just straight ties. There's a beautiful example of a border village called Longwa. The chief of the village or the called the Ang, the king of the village, part of his village lies in Myanmar, part of his house lies in Myanmar, part of his house lies in India. Now this according to this system a person from the other side can travel up to 16 kilometers on the other side say from myanmar is national can come and travel up to 16 kilometers and vice versa this is official now unofficially india allows nationals from bhutan and nepal to come and work in india so far as myanmar is concerned there have been cases of many nationals myanmar is nationals coming and settling down in the northeastern states students are studying in the colleges at this point of time graduates are also working in different parts of the country it's not that the indian government doesn't know indian government knows and it, it is allowed in today's episode my colleague jayanto kalita and i are in conversation with rajiv bhattacharya about the border with myanmar and the challenges of putting up a fence in a region that has only known border free movement of people for decades India's border with Myanmar is spread across the states of Arunachal Pradesh, Nagaland, Manipur and Mizoram. The free movement regime may have undergone changes over the decades, but broadly hasn't prevented people from crossing countries. While initially citizens of India and Myanmar could travel 40 kilometers into the other country, it was reduced to 16 kilometers. Then the official number of places at which people could travel into the other country was officially restricted. However Rajiv says that on the ground things were rarely strictly enforced. In today's episode Rajiv explains why fencing the entire border could take decades and why the demand to fence the border is presently being driven by just one state. He also explains why the creation of a fenced border might not meet the stated aims of curbing illegal immigration and the movement of drugs. 
Given his extensive reportage from the region and Myanmar, we started by asking Rajiv about how people in the region view this border. How do people along the border sort of view the border itself? Is it just there in sort of theory or is it enforced in any way? How does it exist? It is in theory, I would say. Whenever a person has to cross over to the border, there is no restriction. Along the entire stretch of the border, there are checkposts by the Assam rifles. But the distance between one checkpost and the other checkpost is huge. Now, I have myself crossed over into Myanmar on many occasions for nothing but for reportage, for gathering information. Now, I have gone through very easily without any obstructions. There are so many routes available. So people don't consider this a border at all. Rajiv says that among the states that have a border with Myanmar, Nagaland and Mizoram have already spoken up against the central government's plan to fence the border. There are civil society organizations have even said, no, we are not going to allow this. Even in Mizoram also, the same opposition. It is because of the demand from the Manipur government that the central government has been actually has agreed to fence the border, has actually agreed to terminate the free movement regime. So do you believe that the idea of sealing this uh, entire stretch of the border is feasible, given the fact that uh, there are uh, other states like you know Nagaland and Mizoram have expressed reservations about the government's move? You see, I was, I, I was in Delhi very recently. I was talking to some government officials. Now the government officials, what I could gauge from my discussions with them, the entire focus is now on Manipur, fencing the border in Manipur, 398 kilometers. 10 kilometers have already been fenced, but it was stopped because of some border disputes. The entire border has some disputed enclaves between the two countries. Official announcement is one thing from New Delhi. The ground reality in the Northeast is something else. Just let's imagine one situation that the government is determined to fence the entire stretch of the border. I think it might take 20-30 years. Because fencing on a plain stretch of land and fencing on a hilly terrain are different things. It will take a very long time. And moreover, you will have to provide security to the people, to the whosoever fences the border. As I could gauge from the my discussions with officials, the focus is on Manipur-Myanmar border, 398 kilometers. So what happens to the other parts, Mizoram, Nagaland, Arunachal Pradesh? Arunachal has a the border of 520 kilometers. It goes zigzag, zigzag, zigzag like this. Okay, but that remains to be seen. That is a there is a big question mark, I would say, at the moment. But there are parts of this border that are fenced as it stands, right? Uh, why are some parts fenced and some are not? Now, in Manipur, there is a border town called More. Across More is Tamu, which is a conflict hotspot. Unlike other parts of Myanmar, in Tamu, the military still has an upper hand. I have been to Tamu last March. When the fencing was won, there were civil society groups from Imphal Valley that protested. That stopped the fencing immediately. Because if you fence the border, some parts of our state has been incorporated into Myanmar. Now, if you give the fence, it will mean giving away territory to Myanmar. These were Maite groups, groups from Imphal Valley that had protested, that had sent delegations to the border, the border was, the border fencing was stopped. 
So they, they said, we are not against fencing, but we want the disputes to be resolved first, then go ahead with the fencing. That, was, that is their position. So that is the reason why the fencing was stopped. And now the central government has decided, okay, fine, we'll go ahead with the fencing. Now, what is groups, civil society groups have to say that they, I don't know the latest position. But the last time I spoke to them about a few months back, they said, oh, we are not against fencing. But we want, for, before the fencing goes on, we want the disputes to be resolved. Otherwise, we'll, Manipur will end up giving territory to Myanmar. But this territory that you speak of, what kind of territory is it? What would be the objection if this territory did go across? You see, Manipur, as not only Manipur, all the states of, in the Northeast, or rather I would say all states in the country, are very particular about territory. Particularly in the Northeast, if you have seen very recently, there had been a severe clash between Assam and Mizoram. Mizoram says that Assam is taking our, away our land. Assam says that, okay, Mizoram has encroached upon our territory. So this part of the territory where the fence has come up, this is not a very hilly terrain. This is a flat stretch of land where farming also takes place. So Manipur is very particular, especially Imphal Valley, is very particular about land, land and resources. Also, it's also related to the conflict. The hill people can buy, come and buy land in Imphal Valley. The people in Imphal Valley cannot buy land in the hills. As a result of which, the, the land holdings of the majority Mete community over the past few decades have become less and less. So you can feel the insecurity, basically, insecurity among the people. Would then we see like only a Manipur fence and the others left open? And could you explain why the other states are not in support of this? As I've said, there are ethnic ties. Yes, there are very strong ethnic ties. Assam Rifles, it has got 46 battalions. Assam Rifles cannot guard every inch of the border. The Assam Rifles certainly would not know the terrain much better than the local people there. How many people will you stop? They cannot guard every inch of the border. The people in, in, in these parts of the border, they don't regard the border as a border. So suddenly if the, if the government says we'll erect a fence, certainly there will be opposition. I anticipate the, fierce, the fiercest opposition in Nagaland. The Nagas are so united. The Nagas have been helping the people across the border, same as in Mizoram. Mizoram has opened the gates to all the refugees. The amount of support I have seen from the civil society groups, especially the Young Mizu Association and the Mizu Jurnai Paul, they have gone all out to help the refugees. And there are some bad elements among the refugees also. Many Myanmarese nationals have been apprehended with drugs in Mizoram. But despite all this, the Mizoram state and society have gone all out to support the refugees. And the Mizoram government has told the central government, sorry, we are not going to capture the biometric details. We are not going to do that. Because they are our brothers. They are part of the same family, Chins and Mizos. The Myanmar military, the kind of atrocities they have committed on the people, civilian population. I have seen that with my own eyes. There are militias sponsored by the junta. They attack villages. They simply chop off the heads. Sometimes the hands are chopped off, legs are chopped off. I have seen the photographs. So Mizoram also has a genuine reason to support the refugees because they, they feel that they are part of the same family. So whether the fence comes up in the other parts of the entire border, that remains to be seen. There is a big question mark. And as I could gauge, the focus is on Manipur now. Can the fencing of this border then really end worries about things like immigration and drug trade? 
currently let's first talk about drugs what kind of drugs are coming from myanmar one is the heroin number 4 the other is the is the ats amphetamine type stimulants these are synthetic drugs myanmar's economy has been falling plummeting has been has gone down very badly people have taken to drugs as a means of livelihood there are areas near the border especially there is a place called tonjang which is below churachandpur district in manipur where the poppy cultivation has increased many fold this has been mentioned in the unodc report very recently the other place where massive drug production or narcotics production takes place is quite far off in shan state that is closer to china and thailand than to india drugs that come from myanmar to india are through mainly two routes mainly one is through manipur one is through mizoram and very recently through nagaland now because of the conflict in manipur the the supply from myanmar the supply of drugs and other contraband items have somewhat reduced but it is flourishing through mizoram and it is mainly through champai district not only drugs but you have exotic animals coming also one and half years back if i if i am not mistaken a kangaroo brought from australia was seized near siliguri very interestingly so much of drugs is coming suppose the assam rifles or mizoram police confiscates one consignment which basically means three more consignments have passed through now where is this consignment going bangladesh has a huge demand for all these things and if some resistance leaders from myanmar are to be believed from bangladesh it goes to the middle east also so there is a huge demand even in india also rajiv bhattacharya says that the high demand and a developed network in the area means that the smuggling of drugs can't be stopped just by erecting a fence so manipur even if the border is sealed the challenge would be to check the drugs through mizoram and even if a fence were to come up in champai i think the drug routes all these contraband items they know how to select the routes this smuggling routes they have their own dynamics by fencing if you stop one place there will be other routes the best example comes from the india bangladesh border a huge part of the border has been fenced but cattle smuggling is still on this is one very good example you come up with the fence but it's it may not be so sufficient to stop smuggling and so long the conflict continues in myanmar the problem of drugs will remain it will take years to eradicate this problem where india should get involved with myanmar to eradicate this problem actually actively rajiv bhattacharya is among those who has traveled deep into myanmar for weeks to assess the situation there in an article for the diplomat he'd written about his travels deep into the region that has been resisting the army we asked him about what he'd seen during his travels there and the situation along the indian border we recently had this case of uh, myanmar army personnel fleeing into india when you've traveled into myanmar like you said could you talk about one how the situation is in myanmar especially along the india border presently and how is this sort of prolonged conflict affecting the people on both sides of that border you see if you have a look at the india myanmar border 1643 kilometers if i am not mistaken there is only one military establishment in tamu across 
more in Manipur. That establishment is called Army Hill. That is seven kilometers from the More border. It's a big establishment. Barring this military establishment, right from Arunachal Pradesh, Anjao district to Mizoram's Longlai district, the army is nowhere, the military is nowhere to be seen. It is completely under the control of the resistance groups. Now, there are stretches along the border, especially the area below the Churachanpur district of Manipur, which is under the control of the Jomi Revolutionary Army. Now, this group, like some other groups, they have joined hands with the Myanmar military. Now, barring these two, three stretches, the entire stretch of the border, the military has lost control. In the last three years, if you have if you have noticed the developments in Myanmar, the areas that have been lost by the military, barring some exceptions, the military has not been able to recover these areas. And when the situation is like that, obviously the border is unstable, but less unstable than what we had noticed along China's border with Myanmar. Unlike that part of the border, it's not so disturbing. The India-Myanmar border is, is peaceful, where actually it's some kind of a safe refuge for the PDF fighter, for the resistance fighters. Now, if the fence were to come up in Manipur, the military regime would be very happy, which means that the resistance forces cannot attack the military and go, can't go into Manipur. Mizoram is quite far off. It will be a big disadvantage for the resistance groups. Unlike in Mizoram, if something happens, now it's the situation has become such that Mizoram has become a safe haven also for the military and also for the resistance fighters. If the Myanmar army personnel did not come into Mizoram, they, they would all have, would have been killed. So that is the only option. So they were airlifted again and airlifted and sent to a different place. The military cannot come to the border to receive them. They'll all get killed. It's completely under the control of the resistance forces. But what does this scenario then mean for the border itself? Because if it is so restive, what does it mean for people on either side of that border then? Arunachal, there is no action. Nagaland, by and large, no action. Life has been on as usual. But there was an incident last year when some people came across the border to Noklak district. And the Noklak uh, Kyamnungan people have opened their doors. They have allowed the Myanmaris refugees to stay. They have been offered accommodation and food. The action starts from middle of Manipur right to the end of Mizoram. I think there was there was some fighting in January. One, there's a border town called Jokathar in Mizoram. Across Jokathar, there was a military establishment. The resistance forces attacked and wiped out the military. The, the, some, some 29 military army personnel came into Mizoram. They somehow narrowly escaped with their lives. So there is actually no fighting going on there. The military cannot come and reoccupy those territories. Life is on as usual. People come in, people go out. That has been accepted by Mizoram. In Manipur, of course, there has been some problem. The government, the state and society, they are objecting to it. Fearing that people come in, but they don't go out. In Mizoram, if you see, there are so many refugee camps, people are suffering, but there's not much of a problem. Life is very normal there. You can even go walk into Myanmar also. Okay, <laughs> not much of a problem. Now, I would say 
when I went in and now the situation is much safer now in Chin State. You can walk in and go by a motorbike and you can stay there and come back. Okay, life is on as usual, including the smuggling activities, including whatever happens there. But huh, the refugees are not in a good condition as it happens in every part of the world. In the end, Rajiv Bhattacharya says that the chances of the fence coming up along the entire border will depend on how states in the region react to the plan in the coming days. Given the plan has already met with opposition in some states, he says even the national government is aware that it's not just the terrain that will present a challenge to any plan. Now you don't really know how the Mizoram people would react. They are already violent. They have already stated their opposition. Now the Nagaland. If the entire Naga civil society groups stand in the border, okay, we are not going to allow the fence to happen. It will be difficult to bulldoze their uh, aspirations, their force them away and then construct the fence. It will not be possible, I believe. And the go- section of government officials, they know it very well. That first, let us start with Manipur and let's see what happens to the other parts of the border. As I've said, there's a big question mark that remains to be seen what happens actually. Along Mizoram, Arunachal, and Nagaland. Today's episode was produced by Jairaj Singh and Sahil Gupta. For a daily spotlight on people, ideas, and stories that matter, subscribe to us. We're available on TY, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and all other platforms of your choice. For any news tips, email us at tuipodcast at timesinternet.in.